0: Welcome to the Design Imposter Podcast, where we unravel the enigmatic realm of imposter syndrome.
1: My name's Mooning Jenkins. And I'm Jessica Vallis. We're two agency owners who've boldly faced the reality of imposter syndrome. We'll share relatable stories and practical insights that empower designers and business owners just like you. Together, we'll help you conquer self doubt and unleash your true potential. Get ready to unveil your true brilliance. Welcome to Design Imposter. Welcome, designers, to another important episode of the Design Impostor podcast. Today, we are discussing strategies for building your proposals. And it is super relevant for me and Monique because we just sent out a huge proposal that would be the Creative Circle Company's first prospective client.
0: Yes, it is a super huge opportunity and we're super excited to close this proposal with a fancy new client. Um, but if you're a fancy client and you need design services, you should also hit us up. Send us your RFP to monique at creativecircleco.com. And we can send you an a proposal as well. Just saying.
1: Yeah, that's our little, that's our little plug there. Sending out proposals, especially really big or important proposals is definitely nerve-wracking. And I'm so grateful that you were able to help build this proposal with me. Um it took away so much stress of failure because my imposter syndrome feels were definitely running at a high.
0: Yeah, uh, I will say um, I, I like having I like the discourse that we got to add back and forth. And uh, we also leveraged our respective communities. So we got to ask our peers and people that we've worked with before. About pricing and proposals, and you know, adding to decks in general, how you should craft your proposal deck, what information is important to be there and relevant. I think by and large, our proposals have been incredibly long, so think like 30 pages. But also, I think as we have drafted in our own businesses, we've talked about like, you know, how. And exec doesn't have time to read through a 30-page proposal deck. So we need to skim it down for, you know, high-level C-suite people who kind of just need us to get to the point and talk about, you know, pricing and what that means for them and how pricing structure is broken down. So it was super interesting to hear other business owners' perspective on that matter and to like craft our proposal based on this insight that we
1: didn't have before. I think it's it's a super big. Bonus that we have this huge community who is able to come and mentor. And the thing is, when you find a good community of designers, nobody is hiding what they make. It's almost like when you're in corporate, you're not, you know you're not supposed to talk about how much you make. But when you're among good designers, you're like, how much would you charge for this? And they're like ten thousand dollars minimum. And you're like, oh okay, thank you. <laughs> they're just very yeah. upfront with it. And there's, I mean, we're all busy, so there's no room to, you know, kind of fluff it up and beat around the bush with it. But one of the things I've heard from um, listeners about the podcast is they really appreciate the transparency with like pricing and everything we've been through. So I think this will be a good episode in regard to just learning more about design and the things we've learned uh, when building proposals.
0: Yeah. Pricing transparency is you know, my favorite topic. I like to talk about money. Um, and I think we've told you guys how much we charge independently anyway. Um, but yeah, pricing for a big client is always a little bit of like back and forth. Cause you don't want to price yourself so low that you're like out of the running. Cause like sometimes when you price yourself low, people think like, oh, their services probably aren't good. Yeah. I think about like, if you get a cheeseburger for a dollar versus a cheeseburger for ten dollars, you tend to think that the cheeseburger for ten dollars tastes better because it costs more. No, they could be exactly the same cheeseburger. No, I, I tend to think the ten dollar cheeseburgers are ripped off. I shouldn't be spending what and- <laughs> <laughs> We're the ten dollar cheeseburger. You're getting ripped off. This, <laughs> um, but but people people for some reason think like that when they they equate you know value and and lower pricing with a subsequent. Like not as great product. Um, and I think about that like when you shop at Target versus Walmart, those two places have two different themes, they have two different customer bases. And yes, to we corolingo, but I'm Target all the way. I'm going to Target. I'm gonna pay the extra 10 cents for that thing, and I'm okay with that because I don't have to go to Walmart. Plus, let's not forget about um, Target
1: Reports. Like, but, <laughs> yeah, you're making, you are making money to spend money there. That's girl match <laughs> right there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's 100% girl math. Sorry. <laughs> That's what Brian would be like. He would be like, babe, you spent like $400, but then you got like $20 back for spending over 100 and you think you won. I was like, man,
1: I went to Target on Friday. $350 later, I'm like, I feel like yeah. I only got 10 things. But when everything's priced yep. at $10 each, oof. Yeah. Listen, my little yeah. boy needs new pants. $13 each, $12, it adds up. <laughs> But anyway.
0: Target, you need designers. <laughs> we're open. Okay. <laughs> okay. Can we get a discount? Uh,
1: but uh, yeah, like you said, anyway, let's get back. Okay. All right. Soon. So as I mentioned in the past, Monique and I traditionally serve different clients. Mine are on a more smaller scale. Their general budget is under $10,000. Maybe it exceeds a little bit, but that's generally the sweet spot. Whereas Monique's clients are like, the $30,000, $40,000 clients. And if she had her way, they'd be the $100,000 clients.
0: So <laughs> hey,
1: baby, I got your money. <laughs> That's me and
0: them calls, them clients. Yeah, she's that, And there is, no,
1: there is no wrong type of client, but our processes are a little bit different based on this clientele. So I'm going to start with my process for my under 10K clients and... Monique, talked will talk more about her process with her larger scale clients. Um, so for me and my small, uh, I don't know, what's a good like phrase for that? I don't want to say like there's small scale. or oh, maybe they are, I guess the phrasing is fine. My small scale clients, um, this proposal process that I make is great for those who have budget limitations. And I use a program called Dubsado and it's, Created specifically for creatives, and it's a CRM that allows you to build contracts, um, have invoices set up, you build your design packages, you create forms and have templates, but then you also have proposals. And when you're in the template side of things, you can build out different packages for your different services. So I generally have three types of packages for each of my services. So there's two or three types of logo design packages. There's three types, or maybe four types of website packages. There's three maintenance packages. There's a basic SEO package. So I'm able to put those packages together ahead of time. And I have the prices are set because I, I mean, with clients who are under 10K, you kind of understand, you know, they've only got a $6,000 budget. It can afford this. It doesn't have to be so customized because it is almost always on repeat with what they can and can't do. And one of the things that I like about the Dubsado is that when you're building your proposals, you can go and customize it. But for the most part, for my clients, the proposals I have already with the pricing points are good to go. I don't need to spend a lot of time customizing it. So I have
0: a love-hate relationship with Dubsado. It's more on the hate side, okay? Jessica is really good about setting up these CRMs to work for her. Um, so like the automation stuff, she's super amazing at. Monique, not so much, okay? I just need it to be super quick and easy and I don't feel like Dipsado is super quick and easy, at least for my needs. I just want to be able to pick it up and run with it and it takes a little bit of, there's some nuances that you have to get to know. Um, but for my clients, I don't, use Dipsado the way the platform was intended to be used or I use a multitude of products so I have used bill.com I use QuickBooks I use a bunch of different things in order to send out not the actual proposal itself because I generally create all my proposals from scratch but um, the billing stuff I do through either a QuickBooks or a bill.com or something like that I don't do any of the like packaging type of things. I will say- There are no packages.
1: I will say with Dubsado, what's really nice is that it's all in one. So everything you just mentioned can come yeah. out of one platform. And they are always making new partnerships. So maybe when they first started, which is when I think I hopped on board with this service, they were like brand new. So maybe that's why I'm a little yeah. loyal to it because I've been there through the evolution. And maybe when they first started, they only had PayPal or... um venmo or something and now they have credit card processing and now then they added stripe and now i think they're working on their quickbooks integration and now it'll just be the the icing on the cake right there um so yeah
0: uh, i think they're past it yeah is there yeah
1: so well you know those are all you know good things for me because then i don't have to go to all these different programs and track and see so yeah. one of the also benefits of Dipsado is that when your client approves the proposal, it immediately takes them to the contract. Once they sign the contract, it immediately takes them to the invoice. So yeah. they're prompted yeah. right then there.
0: I'm not saying I don't like Dipsado. I'm at the the, the streamline of thoughts for Dipsado, I, 100%. I get it. I really do like the setup. I like that the clients use proposal, invoice, and contract. I'd like that they get to sign and pay all at the same time. The thing that I don't like is setting it up. <laughs> so that's yeah. what I <laughs> See, I got it. It's my mem. It's me. Yeah,
1: I have it all set up. It takes, you know, I mean, you just have to put aside a little bit of time for it. They set it up and then it's done. Seriously, like if I want to go change pricing, I update it on one spot and then it'll say, Oh, do you want to update uh the pricing across all of your proposals? Yes. And then you don't have to go back in. It just does it automatically. But are other programs in addition to Dubsado, like Bloom yeah. and Bonsai, And I did try Bloom, but one of the things I did not like about it or one thing that wouldn't work for my business is that when I put together a proposal, it shouldn't be a little buffet style. And what I mean by this is that if my client comes and says, hey, I only have a $8,000 budget, I might Send them several different website packages. And maybe one is the one that just meets $8,000. Maybe another one is, you know, it goes to $10,000. And maybe another one is $6,000, has fewer things in it. But then I'm also adding value further down with a content writer or SEO. So my clients can go in and click the option that best suits their needs. And then we don't have to have a conversation back and forth about, the budget beyond them telling me at the first part, you know, oh, you know, let's keep it under 10,000 or let's keep it under eight. So I've got your price point. I'm going to build what I think you need in terms of a proposal. And then I'm going to leave it up to you because I, you know, I want to be able to work with them and I want to be able to meet them where they are. So if I'm say, I think you need a 10 page website, but they only have a budget for a six page website. Well, I'm going to give you both options and then I'm going to let you think about it and strategize with your team. And see, can you come up with the extra two thousand? Can you come up with this, or is it just worth it for you to start off at your budget or less than your budget?
0: Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm meaner than Jessica. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, you are. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> look, oh look, guys, it is what it is. Um, I so I don't. I don't have packages. Um, each uh, each project proposal that I create, I create from scratch. I do have a template. I'm not like touching every single part of it. Um, but the like pricing structure is created from scratch based on what the client tells me the, uh, proposal budget is, but sometimes their budgets aren't realistic. So if you come to me and you say, Hey, Monique, I have a 30 page website that I want to be redesigned, but I got $5,000. No, that um, won't even work for me is what it is. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, it's a no. <laughs> um, so what I will do, though, is I take a look at everything your website has, everything that I believe that you need based on the conversation. I look at what your metrics potentially are, and then I build out a like invoice and, and proposal set based on what we talked about. And I will tell you in that invoice, your services or my services are not a la carte. In order to have a well-rounded project, it's contingent on all of the services being listed above. So don't come to me and say, hey, I actually just want a website, but I don't need the logo and I don't need brand identity those things have to be set in order for us to build a well-rounded and functional website. So you need to take a look at all of these things. And doesn't mean that we're starting from scratch on everything. Absolutely not. There's a discovery phase. And in that phase, that's when we're going to get to know each other. That's when I'm going to get to know your business. And that's when I'm going to determine if the things that you have in place are sufficient or not for moving forward in the with the project in the way that it needs to go.
1: My best and favorite client who's still with me, when they originally... Asked for design services, they came to me for business card redesign, and I said, "I think we should update your logo." And then they're like, "Oh yeah, we should. We've been thinking about doing that. I didn't know that you did that." And I was like, "Yeah." And then after we do your logo and your branding, let's move on to the website. So somebody who came to like, me with a low level service, not no low level, but you know, a, you know, a not as yeah. in depth uh-huh. task, all of a sudden became this huge thing. So, yeah. and I think they learned more about that. Well, first because of the discovery calls, but then as I build out the packages and they saw it, cause maybe we had a conversation and you didn't understand the full range of my services by having those different packages. Then you can see, oh snap, she does this too. We didn't talk about this and I uh-huh. didn't think about it until just now. Cause there's going to be things that slip yeah. our mind. So yeah. it's a nice refresher, but I can also see when you're dealing with clients, like. Monique does, listen, you either have the money for it or you don't. Uh, so with that, Monique, tell us about your proposal process.
0: Uh, so, yeah, like I said, I, I generally create all my proposals from scratch-ish. I use InDesign, which is a design software, and I probably have like a 30-page proposal deck uh, all in. Um, it's pretty uh, comprehensive. It talks about everything. Uh, so there's an introduction to who Jenkins Creative is. There's a little bit of storytelling about who I am, how the business got started. There are some process slides about, you know, what our capabilities are so that you could reference them. Like Jessica said, someone could come to you and say, hey, I, I need a logo, but didn't understand that you also do you know, branding that you also do web design. So they get a full scale kind of overview of what the capacity of your agency is. Um, I tell them a little bit about the design process, what it entails, because that's pretty standard across clients. Preparation, milestone one, research and development is two, resource creation three, and then concluded educate is, uh, is milestone four for our business. I do a research and development breakdown. So what UX is, Why you should conduct UX on your projects, um, when you should start that process, what the UX research cycle kind of looks like. And then I break into investment and timeline, talk a little bit about that. And then there are some case studies at the end, as well as like a project uh, timeline that is more visual for people. Um, So I, I use that as my proposal platform and then I use a supplemental uh, project platform like a QuickBooks or Dipsado or something else in order to sign contracts and to send out the invoice to the client. Um, they, I will say that, at least in my experience, I've had some clients say like they don't want to use Dipsado. They specifically want to use Bill.com because that's a platform that they're already set up on. And because there's an exchange of so much money,
1: they're just more oh, comfortable yeah. in that. And then I'm like, okay, that's i had fine. clients who said they wanted to work just with QuickBooks. So I'm like, okay, we'll just ignore the invoice that pops up. I'm gonna send you on the platform that you are comfortable with. And nobody has ever said, well, I'm not gonna work with you because of this. So if yeah. they say they want to work with bills.com, send them the invoice through bills.com or whichever one. I will say that for my large proposals that I've sent out, the ones that are, you know, exceeding a hundred thousand dollars, my proposals are in InDesign as well. And you and I've thrown some at you and been like, prove this, please. Yeah. Um, okay. However, I am working on a 2014 Mac and um, it does not update anymore <laughs> with the latest Adobe updates. And InDesign has always just wanted to freeze and lock up and crash on me. So I would love to, yeah. you know, build out InDesign proposals, <laughs> but I'm just not, you know, I'm not ready to spend three, $4,000 on a new <laughs> computer yet we we'll well, get there
0: neither am i we, but we got it. we going to get there yeah so i that's how i thought, send out billing i usually do it to customers preferences but i do have an account with bill.com sometimes they like to add you on as a retainer client and they could add in all your businesses it also passes over all the stuff that they need for their like accounting purposes so your you know i9 and whatever your e i n is for your business so like they have that stuff on their side of the house and they could do that and then for me regardless of whatever platform you actually pay me on, all of that stuff gets filtered into QuickBooks because QuickBooks is how I do my taxes. So that's what I'm going to give to my tax accountant. She has access to all of my CRM platforms so that she's able to take all the information she needs from different sources. Um, but QuickBooks for me is like an overarching space that has everything, every single transaction that happens through my business gets reported through QuickBooks. And then that way, when it's time for you know, me to... Figure out what's what at the end of the year when taxes are due. It's just easiest because it's all in one place. So QuickBooks is my favorite because yes. it has everything I need it to be. Yeah.
1: Dumsado um, does sync all of your transactions through QuickBooks. I yes. just don't, can't recall if it lets you invoice through, through QuickBooks. Um, it does. Oh, okay. Well, then we're good. We're all good. Yeah.
0: Uh, I don't like them fees they charge. No, but nobody, does. Um, nobody
1: does but do you want yeah. the money now or do you want it in five <laughs> to six business days?
0: You know me, I'll wait uh, five to six business days with zero fees. <laughs> <waste. laughs> um, so yeah, so I, I send all my invoicing stuff through one of those platforms and then the rest of my contract and proposal setup is very much just the case studies. And then there's some testimonials from previous clients. And then there's an introduction to the team. So I have an individual like card cut out for each one of the team members. It has some additional context about who they are, what their role is at um the company. And then from there, I think there's like some reference checks. I include references if you want to contact people that I've worked with before or whatever the case is.
1: And that's it. The nice thing about um working with InDesign is that you can build out your proposals ahead of time. And it is kind of like Dubsado in that it's ready to go. You just plug in the prices and you're all set. Um, But when you know your client, you're also going to alter the presentation a little bit. They might just want quick and dirty, give me the overview. And then we've also had clients who are like, they want to know the team. So you can set up different templates and say, okay, this is my quick and dirty. This is my overview. This is my big in-depth uh-huh. one. And then just delete them out when you're putting yep. that specific proposal together. So I have everything compiled together. I know you do. And yep. then we just delete it out yep. as we go. And you're not going to yeah, get that. I was going to say. Go ahead. I was going to say
0: that's the, the, the benefit of making, at least for me, a big proposal in InDesign. My InDesign proposal is a lot of pages, maybe 50 pages. But like Jessica was saying, depending on client, there's less context that you need. So I can delete out the sections that are applicable to their businesses. Like I have four case studies in there. I may only include the case study that's most relevant to the project that we're going to be working on together and not the ones that have to do with branding if branding isn't a part of the process. So...
1: Yeah, I definitely delete out the sections that aren't needed. And then I also have a yeah. mass library of the testimonials and portfolio pieces. And then you, you know, split them out. But at least they're all there. Um, yeah. The one thing with Depsado versus InDesign is, and I guess the same thing with Bonsai and Bloom is that you don't have that section to include, you know. About your team. You can't include your portfolio pieces. Maybe you can include lights. Um, I think Duxado does have a little bit more flexibility because you design the whole template. Like if you want to add a section with everybody's picture and position, go ahead and add it. But when I did the trial of Bloom, it very much just looked like your standard invoice. So um yeah, you definitely want to play around and have a feel with like what, what vibes is your company sending out. And you know, what kind of clients are you working with? For our recent proposal, however, not going to lie, I chose to use Google Slides because I wanted multiple people to be able to view it and edit it simultaneously, uh, and mostly because my InDesign was not working. <laughs> 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 How do you think that process went with working with Google Slides? Uh, I, I liked
0: it, uh, cause we were were able to be in the document, um, uh, autonomously. autonomously, you know what I mean? We were able to be in the document together, but work simultaneously. Um, and when I needed to like show it to someone, like I asked like a couple of friends, like, Hey, can you take a look? I just duplicated it so that they didn't change something by accident. I'm like, Hey, take a look at this copy if you screw something up, it's cool. Cause it isn't the main file and I'll trust you, <laughs> yeah. but they were able to go, they were able to go in and kind of like muddle around and make comments and stuff like that. And then I could use that information in order to like enhance the size and things like that. So I like it. I also think it's an easy platform for, to be shared around with executives specifically, cause this is a big contract and execs like, you know, PowerPoint like formats. I think that it's, easy to share around with them. And I think it's easy for them to like absorb the content and kind of jump around in the respective places that they need to go into. So I thought it was good. Yeah.
1: One of the things with working with all these other creatives is that they've sent us their proposals and some of them have the full eight and a half by 11 and others just have that half page in the PowerPoint format. So my InDesign proposals are that eight and a half by 11. I want As much space, I want to fit, you know, as much in and really have room to design. But for this client, I don't think we needed to include as many design elements to say, hey, we're designers. Like, we just needed to be to the point, have a couple design elements in there, and then just be able to replicate really quickly. Yeah. And honestly, I think it went really well. I like the commenting back and forth. And the fact that it didn't slow down my computer every time I wanted to make a change. (laughs) And this guy, this is not to say that my illustrator and Photoshop are going slowly. It's just in the sign. Wait,
0: we got to get Jessica on your computer. Uh, (laughs) Any reps from Apple, if you're listening to this? I got this. I got this Mac
1: when we started grad school. Okay. No hate.
0: Really? Yeah. I have been... Getting computers uh, from like random places for as long as I can remember. I like went all out and bought the iMac and then I never used it. Brian was so upset because I think he bought that for me for Christmas. And then I That's a ended nice up Christmas two MacBooks. Gift. I now he was so he's so to this day, he's like, I'll never buy her another computer for as long as <laughs> I'm like, buy me a laptop is so much easier for me. Uh, but yeah, so I, I I get updated computers just because Brian works in IT and he's always like, you're slowing the computer down, words, 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 IT stuff, language, language, language. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Um, yeah. So he usually gets me new computers. I don't
1: have a laptop. I'm working exclusively on this desktop. And. I went out to visit my parents for two weeks one year and I unplugged down the entire iMac with me. And so I'm just like walking around with the big screen. And at least there's no like, what is it called? A modem monitor? No, no, no. no. (laughs) I don't even know what (laughs) it's called because I don't have one. Brian right. will I'll, kill me. for not knowing.
0: Yeah, he, <laughs> he will. <went, laughs> I was going to say, I saw this like meme of someone who brought their iMac to their local Starbucks to work because they needed the Wi Fi connection. <laughs> so I'm like, you're just bringing a 32 inch monitor with you back and forth to Starbucks every day. Well, plus, I don't think I have
1: yeah. enough screen space necessarily if you're just working on a laptop. I don't think I could just yeah. go to my parents' house. And work on a laptop for two weeks. I need that screen.
0: External monitors are my best friend. We're going to talk about that in the next episode about uh, Black Friday must-haves. And I have a must-have as far as monitors are concerned.
1: So while we're on the topic, though, of proposals real quick, as it relates to this podcast, when we were looking for a producer to put our podcast together, um, we got some proposals. And One of the things that came over was not only just the cost to record and edit, but our producer also put in pricing for social media. Did we want him to make TikTok reels? Did we want him to make promotional stuff? And I mean, that's always in the back of our mind. Are we ready? Uh Are we ready to do this? And now if he didn't include that, I would have been like, okay, let's go find a social media person. So it does not hurt to include the pricing for your additional services. Shout out to Evan. Hey, Evan. Hey, Evan. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, I think that's a pretty good overview of our design process. We can always get more in-depth if there's certain aspects you want to know more about. Please feel free to reach out to us at hello at DesignedPosterPodcast.com. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think all that to say, there are a million different ways that you can create a proposal that's right for you. Try out different CRMs and platforms and figure out what works and what doesn't work. The only reason that I would tell someone to use, you know, an, an end or something like that is you already have those platforms. I mean, you already have access to all of those programs as a designer. So like, instead of spending more money on Dipsado or another platform or whatever, you can always use the tools that you already have um, and then uh, send out, you know, your, your client invoice in whatever way that you see fit. Is best organized for what your business is. So.
1: And if you guys are Do using that. a better platform, let us know because we, let us you know. know, we are not opposed to trying something new.
0: Yeah. Don't gatekeep. Give it to us. Send <laughs> us an email. Let us know. And if you have a proposal using, that
1: you want us to look over, send it over as well. Or if you have a proposal yeah. you're really proud of, send it over. Include Maybe, your pricing. Yeah. Maybe we'll steal Include it. Include your pricing. Maybe we'll keep uh, we it. We
0: probably will steal it. Thank <laughs> you. It's called Recycle and Reuse, guys.
1: Nobody way recreate in the wheel here. Exactly. All right, everyone, have a great week and we'll talk with you next time. Bye. As we wrap up our captivating journey on today's episode of Design Imposter, we want to leave you with an empowering message.
0: Self-doubt may be a universal experience, but it should never define your worth or potential.
1: Embrace the power of your unique voice, trust in your intuition and abilities, and continue creating fearlessly. Remember, you belong in this space,
0: and your contributions are immensely valuable.
1: Know that you are never alone on this journey. We stand by your side, ready to support and celebrate you and your business every step of the way. Thank you for joining us today and being an essential part of the Design Imposter community. Don't forget to subscribe. Follow us at Design Imposter Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, and leave a review to help other imposters find us. Until we meet again, keep those headphones ready.